And maybe just maybe the only thing hotter than the weather these days is, well, of course, the inflation rate. Prices, they continue to soar right alongside the thermometer. And there is an increasing risk and increasing fear that we are perhaps headed towards a possible recession. And for more on that, here is financial expert Rabina Ahmed-Hawk, who joins us here on this Monday afternoon. Rabina, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I wanted to start with a bit of a uh, primer, if we could, because I think over the last few months of Rabina, it goes without saying, we've all become uh, very familiar with inflation and what that is. But when we talk about a risk of a, a recession, what, what exactly, I guess technically, is a recession when it comes to the economy? So technically, it is two periods, two quarters of negative growth. So the economy is not producing more compared to last year. Um, and so that's a concern because, you know, are people out of work? Are businesses failing? Like what's happening with the economy? Because normally the economy grows about 2% year over year. Uh, but the, the, the problem right now is because of inflation being so high, as you know, uh, it's at a 40 year high right now. It hasn't been this high since, uh, January or December of 1983 or, you know, around there. Um, the, the interest rate, the Bank of Canada is raising those interest rates and that automatically slows down business activity. It automatically stops people from spending as much. And so that's why there's a concern that there could be a recession. And then the other side of it is, is that, you know, outside of high inflation, outside of high inflation and high inter- higher interest rates, we've just been on a 12 year bull run and eventually the economy has to cool down. And sometimes it will overcorrect and cause a recession in order to get back to normal. So that 2% year over year. Okay, well, a couple of questions. First of all, do you believe and do other experts, do they believe that we are heading towards a recession? Is it, I guess, maybe inevitable uh, thanks to uh, this uh, really uh, historic, uh, as you mentioned, 40-year high inflation? So I've, I've really kept the, the line that I think we're heading towards an economic slowdown. I mean, the, the economy is expected to uh, grow more than that 2 to 3% in 2022 and then normalize in 2023. So we may not see as uh, aggressive growth this year and next year, but it won't be, it won't really technically cause a recession. And there, one of the reasons is that is because our growth is already quite high. And if, even if it cools down, it's not going to get into recession territory. The other is, is that we have a million jobs that need to be filled in Canada that could be filled by highly skilled workers from outside of Canada. So once immigration starts to ramp up again, which it already has, or a lot of students, university students who graduate, take those jobs, um, that's going to create uh, economic activity with people making higher salaries, paying income tax, then going out and spending their money in the economy. So all those things are positive for the economy. So it doesn't look like there's going to be a deep recession. Um, if there is one, it's going to be short um, because as we've seen in the last 10, 20 years, recessions tend to be short and deep, but they don't last very long. So they don't hurt the economy as much. People are able to get back on their feet because our, you know, we're one of the strongest countries in the world when it comes to our economy. And we're able we're able to um, we're able to recover quickly, even when things slow down. OK, but if it cools prices, then, Rabina, do we need a recession? Could a case be made uh, for that? Because, uh, you know, with these high prices continuing to uh, spiral uh, out of control, the cost of living uh, out of control for so many uh, Canadians and Canadian families. Is this something, uh, at least as you mentioned, uh, hopefully it's a short one, but is a recession something that the, the economy needs to cool these prices? 
So I don't think the economy ever needs a recession, but it does need an economic slowdown. Uh, a recession means that people are losing their jobs, people are unable to pay their make their loan um, obligation, their payments. Um, so it's not a good thing when there is a recession. Companies are laying people off. Economic slowdown means that companies are scaling, but at a much more reasonable rate. People are spending, but not in the way that they were spending when money was dirt cheap, which it has been for 10 years. And so, yes, we definitely need a point where we start to look at saving as more of an option than spending. And we definitely need to look at how we are, uh, how many, how much, how big mortgages we're taking. Companies need to scale to the point where they can manage their growth. Uh, but a recession is never good news. It's never something anybody wants because it, it means the economy is not doing well. All right. And I've also seen this in the headlines quite a bit to stagflation. Could you talk to us a, a bit about that and how does stagflation, how does that differ from inflation and a recession that we've been talking about? So stagflation is the combination of high inflation, which we have right now, and high unemployment, which we do not have. In fact, we have record low unemployment. So even though there is obviously talk about it, concern about it, because if they were to raise rates so quickly that companies had to lay people off, you could all of a sudden uh, peak the unemployment rate and then you would be in a stagflation environment where everything is costing more and people are out of work and they can't afford to buy the basics. They can't afford to um, spend money in, in their day-to-day -day lives. And so that's a really um, difficult place to be. And it, the Bank of Canada then has very few uh, options because if they continue to raise interest rates, it continues to uh, make it difficult for people to go out there and spend, which they need for the economy to start going again and for people, for companies to, 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 um, to hire people back. But at the same time, they need to tame inflation. So the only way they can really do that is by raising interest rates. It's a very, it's a very precarious, for lack of a better way of putting it, for a place for the Bank of Canada to be in and one they really want to avoid. Because recession, they know what to do. They know how to get the economy going. Stagflation is a little bit more complicated. All right. You mentioned those uh, job openings, uh, record job uh, openings. This is really good news. Great news for those that are uh, looking for jobs and you can, uh, you know, pick and choose. You can be uh, somewhat particular about uh, what job, what salary you want to work for, what uh, conditions. A lot of people uh, I've been reading that are looking for jobs aren't even uh, considering one in which they've got to be uh, in the office. They're looking just for remote work and passing up on uh, any opportunity that does not present that uh, opportunity, Rabina. Do we expect, uh, do you expect these uh, job openings and kind of this uh, great market for those looking for a job to continue for some time? For some time. I think we're in a really unique job market where unemployment is so low and there is still um, a need and especially in the lowest uh, paying jobs, they're the ones that are at the most uh, they are in the most need of, of labor, basically, uh, in restaurants, hospitality, and travel and tourism. These are the places where the jobs are really needed. Um, you know what's happening at the airport. The, really, it's a labor issue. People are blaming, you know, uh, airlines and government, but it comes down to the fact that there are just simply not enough people uh, to clear everybody through. And those jobs... They can train people pretty quickly, but they have to find the people in order to do it. And so what this is going to do is that's going, and, and it's already, we're already seeing it, is that it's actually going to boost the income of those who are in the lowest income, uh, income bracket. And that's really good news because when you uh, give rich people more money, they just save it or invest it. They don't actually go and spend it in the economy. 
When you give people who are in low income situations more money, they go and rent a bigger apartment. They go and buy different food. They go on different holidays. And that is really good for the economy because that's money spent in the economy that helps create jobs, that helps uh, collect sales tax and all of those good things that you want uh, for, a, for a healthy economy. Okay, let's talk about uh, high gas prices uh, for a second as well, because as you know, Rabina, they've been a major contributor to inflation. Now, they took uh, gas prices, they did a bit of a dive over the uh, long weekend, but of course, there's so many spinoff effects when it comes to high fuel costs. And now Canadian retailers, they're really uh, struggling when it comes to uh, their online business, which was uh, such a savior for so many uh, businesses during the uh, pandemic, enabling Canadians to uh, still buy and uh, shop with uh, certain companies uh, online, have the goods uh, delivered. But now there's a problem because of the uh, fuel uh, subcharges. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you are uh, an online retailer, which most big brick and mortar stores are now, Walmart, um, any Hudson Bay, any big company has an online presence. It's costing them more and more money to ship that item to you because the courier costs are higher. Couriers are charging them more because their, their, their gas costs have gone up. So what would have cost them X amount, like say $10 now costs them $15 because gas prices, even though they came down over the weekend, are still up about 40% year over year. And what the, the, the major issue is, is that there is so much uh, demand for uh, online um, online items that they don't want to raise their prices because they're afraid that those customers will go somewhere else because there's so much there's so much choice now if you want to shop online to get things pretty quickly at your door it's amazon's not the only player anymore most big retailers can get you stuff pretty quickly if you if you order it online and so they are afraid to raise their prices because they don't want to lose that sale uh, but their margins are pretty slim especially on things like clothing and apparel uh, it's pretty slim margins you know we talked um, uh, recently about how some companies are choosing not even to take returns back because the return costs them about 15% of the cost of the item right. so when someone returns something they're saying you just keep it and we'll give you your money back it's kind of the same issue it's that it's costing them so much uh, to to send stuff online that they don't want to raise their prices because they need to continue to get those sales and uh, they're not willing to upset their customers uh, to do that. You know, I don't know about you, Rabina, but unless I really, really, really want it, uh, shipping is a bit of a deal breaker for me and I think uh, so many others. So if they're going to not only charge shipping, but increase the shipping prices, does this have the ability, do you think, to really kind of uh, I guess, shake things up or, or change the dynamic of online shopping? I think so. I mean, I'm like you, and I sometimes question myself that, you know, they'll say spend $100 and get free shipping, but I only want one item and I could just spend six ninety nine and get it. And so I sometimes really kind of get annoyed with my own shopping habits and how I'm incentivized to spend more because I want to get that free shipping, but I'm actually spending like $50 more to get $7 off, right? When, and, and I mean, and at the end of the day, shipping costs money. So if, if I want an item shipped to me, I, I, I think retailers, but this would have to be a, like a complete wholesome effort of everybody would have to get on board would be smart to just charge shipping. So the item costs what it does, but this is how much it's going to cost to get to you. That might help 
um, keep their costs down because then they would they would kind of separate themselves from the shipping costs and say, well, that's what Purolator is charging. That's what Canada Post is charging. That has nothing to do with us. But that would be a pretty risky business move. And every company that's doing online sales would have to get on board. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to watch and what sort of effect uh, these uh, fuel prices have got when it comes to uh, shipping charges and its effect on online shopping uh, down the road. Rabina, really appreciate it as always. Thanks so much for this. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Rabina Ahmed Hawk, financial expert. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think French fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.